Hello and welcome to the Sports Technology Podcast. In this episode, we speak with Sarah Rudd from StatDNA in Seattle. Sarah's expertise is in sports analytics, specifically football or soccer. She explains how she combined interests to arrive at her current position, and we talk about sports analytics and what it can offer the sports industry. For links and more information, please check out our website, sportstechnologypodcast.com, and remember to follow us on Twitter at SportsTechPod. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the Sports Technology Podcast. My name is Mike and with me again is Henry. Hello. And our guest today is Sarah Rudd. She's joining us from Seattle and she's going to talk to us about soccer analytics. So Sarah, can you just say hello and introduce yourself a little bit? Hey guys, uh, my name is Sarah Rudd. I'm currently Vice President of Software Development and Analytics over at StatDNA. And I'm also uh, in charge of running a blog called Soccer Analysts, which is sort of the source of, it's like a one-stop shop for all of the really great soccer analytics blogs that are coming out right now. What really got you involved in, in soccer analytics? What kind of started the whole whole passion for it? Yeah, so it's uh, it's been kind of a long journey for me. I mean, I grew up playing soccer, I've always loved it. You know, just as it became more and more accessible in the U.S., I just got more and more passionate, passionate about it. On, at the same time, I've always loved math and science. And so, you know, the more and more I thought about it, the more I thought, oh, you know, this would be a really great fit, you know, Moneyball and that sort of thing has been so successful uh, in baseball and then in other sports. Um, it just seemed like, you know, okay, you know, can this can this be applied to soccer? You know, the more and more I thought about it and the more and more I sort of chatted with people, um, it just seemed like, yeah, you know, it's going to be difficult, but it's definitely something where you can add value. And so, uh, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, it can't be done because it's such a fluid game, really, really hard to sort of quantify things. Uh, but if you just look at soccer analytics as a way of using data to make better informed decisions and sort of taking that approach can really add value there. So once I started getting sort of more involved in chatting with people, it just seemed like, yeah, okay, this can happen. And so from there, started going to the Sloan Sports Analytics Conference every year in Boston, meeting a lot of great people there. That's where I met this guy named Mike Ford, who's director of football at Chelsea. Um, and he gave me really great advice. He said, you know, if you're interested in this, go ahead and, and actually do it. You know, talk is cheap. A lot of people say, oh, yeah, we can do this in soccer, but you actually have to go out and do it. So that's how I started my blog on footy.com. And then the following year, I met other like-minded people like Howard Hamilton, who does soccer metrics, Chris Anderson, who does uh, soccer quantified. And we sort of chatted and said, you know, wouldn't it be great if there was one place where sort of industry experts could go and, you know, see all of our work. So that's how soccer analysts came about. And then sort of at that same conference, I met Jason Rosenfeld, who's the CEO of StatDNA. And we got, you know, to chatting. Um, they ended up doing a research competition, which I entered and won. And so we started chatting more and just seemed like, uh, you know, a natural fit with my background as a software developer. I had been working at Microsoft prior to StatDNA and then my interest in soccer analytics. So I've been over at StatDNA now for a couple months and enjoying it. Is soccer or, or football statistics something that is quite new in in terms of like professional teams as well, or or just kind of new as a I don't know like a, a like a theoretical pursuit. I think it's pretty new. Um, there's a company called Prozone. I think they've been around since the early 
2000 working with clubs. They, you know, videotape the matches and then provide really in-depth statistics. Opta, they've been around for much longer time, you know, providing this sort of thing. So it's it's new in that, um, you know, people have only really started gathering in-depth statistics for 10, 15 years. But it's not until the last couple of years that the professional teams have really been able to do a lot of in-depth analysis and start using it to make better decisions. So when you go about analyzing a soccer match, where do you begin? You know, it, it sort of depends case by case. I mean, we all at StatDNA watch a ton of football, so, you know, you might see something that catches your eye and say, hey, you know, this this doesn't look quite right or this does look quite right. Let me go back. Let me look at the numbers. You know, is it just the case of, you know, really impactful events clouding my decision-making and, and biasing me, or do the numbers actually say, hey, this is a pattern, this is a problem, um, this is something that the team needs to correct. So it's a, you know, a process, an iterative process of, you know, looking at the match, do the numbers make sense? You know, sometimes we'll do it the other way and we'll look at the numbers and then go back at the match and, and see if that makes sense. But usually it comes from, you know, sort of watching the game, having a feel for the game, and then going from there and looking at the data to actually back it up. I don't know a whole lot about soccer or football, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of stats that are currently out there. I guess you have some of the, the general stuff like goal scored, assists, and things like that. Do you have to create your own metrics in order to go about analyzing a game and dis describing some of the interactions? Yeah, so, uh, you know, what's publicly available is stats and assists, and, you know, maybe you'll get shot, shots on target. The Guardian has a really great website, something they call Chalkboards. Um, which is powered by Opta, where you can look at, you know, passes and where they were completed and what part of the field and that sort of thing. But it's hard to then take that and then say, you know, this player is good, this player is bad. So one thing that StatDNA does, which really sort of impressed me when I first started looking at the data, is they collect a lot more information around the context of what's happening in the game at that, that point in time. So from there, we can come up with, you know, sort of, in-depth models and say, okay, well, this pass occurred under this game situation. Therefore, you know, we think it has this value towards leading towards a goal. So, yeah, I mean, we've had to come up with our own models, our own metrics and everything like that. But it's all based off of, you know, in-game statistics. Looking at your at your blog, you have a couple of, like, uh, just struck me as interesting ways of presenting the information, which I guess is what you were talking about then. Are there, is, is, is the industry too young, so to say, or are there industry standards for presenting the statistical information that you have, or do you kind of take it upon yourself to develop the most clear way to present information and make it a standard, I guess? So. Yeah, I, I think this is something that the industry is, you know, really sort of struggling with when you talk about some of, when you talk to some of the performance analysts who are working in the clubs, they have to interface with a lot of the coaches and managers who are maybe less technical, they may be a little bit more old school. So, you know, there's this constant struggle to present the information in a way that makes sense to a non-technical person. And so, you know, one of the things that I've tried to do on my blog is come up with new sort of graphical techniques to do that because graphs are something that people can pretty intuitively understand. You know, if something goes up, that's good. If something goes down, it's bad. So just you know, it's still very young and people are trying to figure out what works and, you know, what works for one person isn't necessarily going to work for someone else. Um, you know, so I think it's it's still young and evolving and, you know, communication is something that's really important in this industry and people are trying to figure out how to get it right. I guess a lot of it is video based. So 
is there a limited pool of data that you can kind of can draw from more recently, like some of the maybe historical data that might be available in something like baseball, where you can easily score it, isn't as widely available in soccer. Is that does that ever become an issue when you can't get a whole lot of data? Yeah, the the quantity of data that we're dealing with is always an issue because. You know, even with baseball, I think it's pretty fast to go back and score a game because the actual sort of gameplay is very short. I mean, if you take out all the time where you're waiting for the batter or the pitcher to get ready. Whereas in soccer, you sort of have two issues. One is the footage. So can you cover as many leagues as you want far enough back in time? And then do you have the resources to actually go back and watch all those matches and collect the statistics? So that's pretty difficult. And then... You know, one of the other problems is goal scoring events are very rare. So, you know, seeing all the different combinations of game scenarios that you want to in soccer doesn't always happen. Whereas if you look at something like the NFL, if you're looking at a game situation like, you know, first and 10 from the 20, well, that happens, you know, a million times in history. We've, we've seen pretty much every combination of down yardage and field position. Uh, so that's another difficulty that we're dealing with. What are the teams most interested in now? Are coaches or, or a combination of the two? Is it strategy or is it kind of looking at how to evaluate talent? Or what is what are the general themes or kind of things that people are really pushing for? Yeah, so there's kind of like three main buckets that people are looking at. One is opposition analysis. So how can they sort of prepare their team for their next upcoming opponent. Another one is, you know, talent identification and talent valuation. So, you know, in soccer, you're buying and selling players rather than just doing swaps or trades like you do in the U.S. So how do you make sure that you're spending your money wisely and, you know, getting the money back that you should? And then thirdly is sort of in-game strategy and, and tactics, you know, and that sort of ties into the opposition analysis. So if you know a team is sort of weak at defending corners, maybe you try to hit all of your corners long, or maybe you can identify an area where you want to place those where they have, you know, particular trouble defending. So things like that. Those are the three main areas, I guess. So that's a, it's quite a benefit to, uh, to teams and to captains, managers and such. Is there also scope to use some of this information in the media for entertainment factors? Or do the people paying for the statistics generally keep it under lock, like like in opponent analysis. Um, I mean, that's the kind of thing you might want to keep quiet. My company, StatDNA, that I work for, uh, we try to keep things under lock, but we, you know, produce a blog that, you know, hopefully people find entertaining and informational. ProZone, uh, who are one of our competitors, they're very similar. They have a very tight lock on their data, and they control that flow of information. Whereas Opta, um, another player in the industry, they're much more... Like their business model is a little bit different where they do sell their data to people like the Guardian or the Major League Soccer website uses it as well. So they're more, uh, well, they do both helping teams scout and per, do performance analysis, but also they're much more vocal in the media and helping people out with, you know, getting entertainment out of these statistics. And then Manchester City, it looks like they're going to be doing some interesting projects around what they're calling datainment. Um, so I don't know too many details about that, but I'm very interested to see what they come out with just sort of, you know, during the game, helping fans sort of understand more about have fun with uh, data. Could you give us an example of maybe one of your favorite stats or something that like has gone against some of your initial hypotheses that you've kind of come across? 
or is there something like shocking that you found over the time you've been looking at it? Probably. So, uh, like about a year ago, I was doing some analysis on whether teams should take corners short or long. And what was interesting was that, yeah, long corners are more effective than short corners. Um, so I was hoping there would be like a counterintuitive fact there. But no, actually, I mean, most teams do it right. Most teams take the majority of their corners long, and those tend to be more effective than taking short corners. But it actually varies team by team. So some teams are actually very effective at short corners, so it really depends. And then the other interesting thing was um, you frequently hear people talk about, you know, the final third and the defensive third. And I thought, well, that's you know, kind of random and arbitrary. Why is the field broken up into thirds? Maybe it's, you know, 20% or 40%. But when you actually look at how gameplay develops over the space, it's pretty close to actually being the final third where things really start to change and the play changes. So you get more crosses, more shots, the defense sort of changes shape. So, you know, 100 years of saying, yeah, you know, entries into the final third. Well, okay, yeah, you're kind of right. Like the People who have been watching this game for a long time, like I think they do have a pretty good intuitive feel for things like that. So where do you think the soccer analytics is going in the next three to five years? What do you think are the new... Are you more teams going to be adopting it? Just new metrics? Like, What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I think more and more teams are going to be adopting it. Um, so right now, I think in the English Premier League, most teams do have a performance analyst on staff. I think you know, we're going to see that number increasing. Major League Soccer, I know a couple teams have hired full-time analysts, uh, which are is these, fantastic. Like, what, what background do these people have? Are they mostly st statisticians or just really avid fans? I think it varies. You know, in the United Kingdom, you can actually study performance analysis as a degree, which I think is where a lot of the people working in, you know, the United Kingdom are having their background. Um in the U.S., I think they are sort of hiring more statisticians who happen to like soccer. So we'll see. You know, I'm not sure what the right model is, but I think it'll settle over time. And, you know, maybe the curriculum for performance analysis in the U.K. comes over to the U.S., and now that becomes an option as well. Because right now we just have, you know, sports management graduate programs, but nothing really into performance analysis. I suppose it's probably a, a good way for team owners to protect their investment in a sense it's uh just people people do a ton of research before they purchase stocks and um statistics plays a big role there i guess it's, it's quite quite similar for sports teams yeah i mean it 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 makes sense you're making a you know 10 20 million dollar investment based on very very little research you know so i think people will start to realize that okay we do need to do our research we do need to come up with you know what are some comparable players and what are their valuations and you know just try to put a little bit more rigorous analysis into these you know incredibly expensive investments if people want to learn more and kind of follow some of the research you've been doing where can they look yeah so blog.statdna.com is uh, the corporate blog for statdna where we talk about you know all the cool things that we're doing with our data and then socceranalysts.com is another really good resource for people to go to. So that's just an aggregation of about six to eight different blogs. It's coming out of the U.S. and the U.K. as well. Great. That's the episode. Thank you, Sarah. And thanks, listeners, for listening. We'll put links to the aforementioned websites on our website, sportstechnologypodcast.com. And remember to follow us on Twitter at SportsTechPod. Thanks. Bye.